Teaching is impossible, learning is unlikely. Encounter is what remains. You already know this. It's not knowledge we lack. What's missing is the courage to understand and draw conclusions. This is the central premise of my book, Pedagogy as Encounter. The book rejects liberation as teaching's purpose, a claim central to, for example, Paulo Freire's Pedagogy of the Oppressed and Teaching to Transgress by Bell Hooks. My book replaces liberation with encounter. Pedagogy as Encounter conveys these themes via 120 autobiographical vignettes arranged in eight chapters. These stories describe encounters with students and colleagues over a 36-year career. They portray a teacher whose classroom failures lead to radical experimentation. I believe that teaching and learning were possible when I began my career. Nothing in my socialization or education suggested otherwise. But after three decades of work, I understood that my students don't want to learn what I teach. So I changed my question to, how do I teach when no one wants to learn? What plans do I bring to the classroom, to my conversations, to my presentations? I confess that everything changed for me once I gave into the proposition that my students don't want to learn. I began to ponder, why is it that no one wants to learn? Once I took this question seriously, the answers came from every direction. Learning, it turns out, has consequences, whether as a student in a class or a citizen within a society. It ruptures the self, alienates us from our families and communities, and threatens the national identity. Often, it's simply not worth the risk. My pedagogy emerged from my scholarship. My published book portrays European colonial imperialism as encounters dominated by pedagogical projects. For Europeans, third world others are part of the human family who have lost their way, fallen behind, and need Western tutelage. I began to think of these colonialisms as teaching projects when I examined 16th century encounters between Spanish conquistadors and the Amer Amerindians, 19th century British colonialism in India, and contemporary U.S. foreign policy in Iraq and Afghanistan. Teachers are imperialists. They think, know what they, they think they know what is best for others because they have knowledge that others are denied and from which others can benefit. This exclusive knowledge, together with less disinterested motives, drives the wish to teach. Of course, extraction of gold, oil, and resources fuels colonial engagement. But imperialists also need to believe in their own goodness. The Spanish understood the conversion of the Amer Indians to Christianity as their responsibility to the Indians. The British believed themselves to be enlightening their colonies with Western rationality. And the US considers itself to be the creator of liberal democracies for the good of the entire world. In the classroom, the teacher occupies the position of the imperialist. Students play the role of third world others. The teacher determines the grades and controls the interactions with the students. We impose for their own good, of course. The parallel is not exact, I admit, but there's enough of an overlap to ask, can we create authority without domination in the classroom? If we can, would it be scalable to the larger world? Just how far away can pedagogy move from imposition? Far as it turns out, but not without significant risk. Students don't learn what we teach them. If they learn, it's not content, but form. 
They witness how the teacher relates to the learning materials, how the teacher approaches text, theory, and current events, how teachers express their own curiosity, how teachers convey their own desire, how teachers cultivate the questions that fuel their own bodies. What's in it for the teachers is the potential overlap between their own desire and the desire of the students. In this way, we are all already intrinsic collaborators, even as one is an apprentice and the other the master. Teachers are not meant to be masters of content. Rather, we convey how one might align oneself to desire, to curiosity, to a search for knowledge and healing. Most pedagogical deliberations focus on technical talk that examines the efficacy of the classroom schemes, methods, and procedures. Such discussions overlook the metapedagogical assumptions. In contrast, pedagogy of encounter engages a broader frame. What is the role of politics in the classroom? How does the desire of the teacher shape the pedagogical process? Is teaching possible? Is learning feasible? These ideas are grounded in a Zizekian and Lacanian political psychology and in a critical global political economy. Nevertheless, theory remains largely implicit and is confined to the footnotes. A confessional tone predominates. My name is Naeem Anathala, professor of politics at Ithaca College. You can learn more about pedagogy as encounter by going to the Roman and Littlefield webpage at roman.com, R-O-W-M-A-N.com. Thank you.